welcome the chaplain. There's only one rule in chaplain than that. Everybody talks about chaplain. I'm your host, Alan Henchy. This is episode seven. Today we're going to be talking about grief, the symptoms, the emotional responses, and also some physical symptoms of grief. So the biggest question is, what is grief? Grief is a natural response to loss. It's an emotional suffering when you feel something is overwhelming, someone you love is taken away. Often the pain of loss can also have overwhelming feelings that you may experience all kind of difficult emotions. And this can range from shock, anger, guilt, to disbelief, to ultimate sadness. The pain of grief can also disrupt your physical health in ways of making it more difficult to sleep, eat, even think straight. These are all normal reactions to grief. The most significant loss, the more significant the loss is, the more intense your grief will be. Uh, coping with loss of someone or something you love is one of the biggest challenges. You may associate grieving with the death of someone you loved, which is often the most intense type of grief. But any loss can cause grief, including the following, divorce or relationship breakup. This could mean that you're you are the one that got left out in the cold, got left, you were the one that didn't end the relationship, but you certainly really loved the person. You could be the one that broke up the relationship, it's hard to say, but this can have a grieving period, emotional attachments, etc. The next one is number two is gonna be loss of health. Loss of health could be regarding an injury to uh, work. You couldn't, you can't work anymore. Uh, it could be a leg injury. Uh, you can't play sports anymore. Different sort of, kind of different variations around that. Number three is losing a job. This could mean that you lost the job uh, after 15 years of working at the place. Then the company decides to take a different direction. And you didn't make the cut. So now you're searching out for a job and it comes down to that you have to grieve of your old job because that was your old life. You didn't retire, you didn't give up the job. The job was, you just lost the job. Next one is loss of financial stability, which could mean losing your job or different variations. It could be a, you know, a car accident. You have to pay the car off. You don't have the money because you're a fault insurance or Regardless, that's one of the ones. Uh, miscarriage. This is one of the ones that gets misinterpreted by people. Uh, you know, a lot of women have miscarriages in the world. I understand that. But there's a different emotional attachment that women have for however long. They identify the fetus as an individual, as a being to them emotionally. They get attached to the, the fetus. They get attached to the baby. They get these attachments. And... When it becomes overwhelming, when they have a miscarriage, it's like losing somebody that was close to them. Uh, it's emotional, it's, it's physical, it's all the emotions for women. Women take it very, very hard because it's their body. Uh, with, with guys, I mean, it doesn't hit them as hard. Does you know? We have a grieving process, but it's more intense with a woman. So you have to be patient, you have to support the women that have miscarriages. It's not, you know, get over it, that's just the way it is. And that shouldn't be the way it is. Uh, that's the way I look at it. The miscarriages are one of the ones that we have to watch out for because then they can have, you know, post-traumatic syndrome can result of this. There's very different things can happen 
this. So be careful. Uh, retirement is another one. Retirement of their job. Uh, working the last several years at their job, now they have to find another purpose in life. Could have been working there 30, 35 years. Now they're in retirement. Now they're kind of lost of what they can do and what they should do. It's kind of a loss. So there's almost a, a grieving part to that. Death of a pet. Now this is a big one. People don't realize how attached people are to their pets. It's like having a family member in your your family. Uh, you take care of the pet. You make sure that they're fed. You make sure they go to the bathroom. You make sure they have haircuts. You make, you know take them to the veterinarian. You do a lot of stuff with your pet. Your pet's there for a lot of emotional support for people. Pet's there for physical activity for you to get you motivated. Pet's there for companionship for a lot of people. Cats, dogs, whatever pet it is. They have a lot of... Uh, this can be very intensely uh, intense for people because they're so attached to their animal, their pet, that the grieving process is much harder than normal. Could be uh, The grieving process could be harder for them than their grandfather that is across town because they live with their pet every day, interact with the pet every day. They're there on a daily basis. Their other uh, siblings, they're not reacting, interacting on a daily basis. So... The grieving might be a little harder for the pets, and I really think it's hard for people because they, you know, they love this pet. They've had it in their family for so many years. Uh, your child has grown up with the pet, so really, I mean, there's a lot to it. Uh, number nine, a loved one's serious illness. This could be cancer. This could be terminal illness. This is a real hard one. People can grieve really hard, even though the person's not dead yet that they or seriously uh, they're seriously in like illness but they're not passed away yet so this can be very hard they could be grieving during the process another one could be loss of safety after trauma uh, this could be basically this could mean various things this could mean uh, sexually assaulted very traumatic experience with that it could be a car accident that you survived could be uh, a lot of different things you were mugged could be a lot of different tra trauma that surrounds you know your loss of safety which could be a grieving part of the process which in turn can be very very intense with that sort of thing selling the family home could be one that could be you know the result of you being very upset at them selling the house that had to be done but in retrospect you're thinking you know ah this is my house, this is where I grew up. There's a sort of an attachment. So some people do grieve over, you know, the cell of their family home that they lived in for so many years. Even the, like the subtle losses in life can trigger a sense of grief. Uh, for example, you might grieve after moving away from home, graduating from college, or changing jobs, whatever your loss is personal to you. So don't be ashamed of how you feel and believe that it's somehow only appropriate to grieve for certain things, which is not the case. If the person, animal, relationship, situation was significant to you, it's normal to grieve the loss of what you're experiencing. Whatever caused your grief, though, through grieving through the loss you're experiencing. So there's healthy ways of doing that to cope with the pain. And in time, 
the sadness will decrease. You'll come to terms with your loss, find new meaning, and eventually move on with your life. doesn't mean you forget about the person or the path. It just means that you've, you're okay with it, they're in a better place, or however way you seem to grieve the process, which means. Grieving is highly uh, an individual experience, absolutely. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. How you grieve depends on many factors, including your personality, your coping style, your life experience, your faith, and how significant the loss was to you. Inevitably, the grieving process takes time, obviously. Uh, healing awe happens gradually, and it can't be forced or hurry. There's absolutely no timetable for grieving. People start to feel better in weeks sometimes, sometimes better in months, and for others it might take, take years. So grieving takes over time. There's no timetable. It happens. You just get through it the best you can. Whatever your grief experience, it's important to be patient with yourself to allow the naturally process of healing to unfold. So make sure you know that. So I have a few myths and facts. The pain will go away faster if you ignore it. Fact is, try and ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. For, the, for real healing, it is necessary to face your grief and actively deal with it right away. The longer you keep it bottled in, the harder it will be to face the grieving. Sometimes you go into disbelief or don't want to deal with it. Another one is, it's important to be strong in the face of loss. Fact, feeling sad, frightened, or lonely is absolutely a normal reaction. Crying doesn't mean you're weak. You don't need to protect your family or friends or put a brave front on showing your true feelings that you can help them. And you. So the biggest thing about this whole thing is make sure that, you know, you don't have to be strong. You can take time for yourself. Everyone grieves differently. That means everybody in the family is going to grieve differently. I know when my father passed away, everyone grieved differently. If you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry about the loss. Fact is, crying is a normal response to sadness, but it's not the only one. Those who don't cry may feel the pain just as deeply as others, but simply have other ways of showing it. And other ways of showing it could be anger, could be different various measures that they do. Grieving should last about a year. Fact is, there's no specific time frame, frame for, for grieving. However long it takes, it differs from person to person. Fact. Moving on, your, moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss. Fact is, moving on means you accept. It's not the same as forgetting. Can we, you can move on with your life and keeping the memory of someone or something you lost is an important part of you. In fact, we move through life, these memories become more integral in defining the people that we are. So your memories of happiness and that sort of thing, it's gonna come shining through. Because I know when I, my father passed away, that's kind of how we grieved through it. We kind of talked about our funny stories and what happened to us and the times the dad get mad at us and just different things. So I mean, grieving can be a family thing, can be a personal thing, can be a lot of different things. So I'm gonna get into the stages of grief. And in 1969, psychiatrist Elizabeth Kluber Ross, Kluber Ross, that's what his name, 
introduce what became known as the five stages of grief. They're based on their studies, uh, and these are patients for facing uh, terminal illness, so or negative changes in life and losses, such as death, loved one, or a breakup. So these are the kind of the research that she did. So five stages of denial of grief are number one, denial. This can't be happening to me. Number two, why is this happening? Who is to blame? Bargaining is another one. Make this not happen. In return, I will not do such and such. Depression. I am too sad to do anything. Acceptance. I'm at peace with what happened. So if you're experiencing any of these emotions following the loss, it may be helpful to know your reaction is natural and in time you will heal. However, not everyone goes through this, these simple stages, but that's okay. So contrary to popular belief, not everybody goes through these things. Everyone's different. So you have to go through the, each stage. You don't have to go through each stage in order to heal. Some people don't do one stage, they do three, they do four. Everybody's different. Some people resolve their grief without going any with it, you know, with any of these stages. You go through, if you do go through these stages, you probably won't meet them in the neat, orderly fashion that you think it's going to happen. So don't worry what you should be feeling or what stage you should be on. Just focus on your healing and what you need to do. So grief can be a roller coaster. And I'm going to go into the symptoms of grief. Well, and the symptoms of grief are, well, loss affects everybody differently. Many of us experience the following symptoms when we're grieving. Just remember that almost anything that you experience in the early stages of grief is normal, including if you feel like you're going crazy or you feel like you're having a bad dream or your religious and your spiritual beliefs are in question. Those are normal, normal reactions to grief, feeling denial and all those sort of things. So the emotional symptoms of grief are shock and disbelief. Right after loss, it's hard to accept what happened. You may feel numb, have troubling, trouble believing that the loss really happened, or even deny the truth. Or even if someone you loved has died, you keep expecting them to show up at the house or wherever that, you know you meet, even though you know they're gone. So emotionally, we still think they're going to come back. And that's natural. Absolutely. Happened to me several times. When my dad passed away, I always thought that, wow, okay. And then you'd be expecting him to come up and say something funny or look at you, what are you looking at? And that sort of thing. Number uh, number two I have here is sadness. Sadness is probably the most universal experience, symptom of grief. You may have feelings of emptiness, despair, deep loneliness, and deep sadness. You may also cry a lot or feel emotionally unstable. Normal. Absolutely normal. Guilt. You may feel you may regret or feel guilty about things that you did or you did not say. You may also feel guilty about certain feelings. For example, you, you might feel relieved that the person has passed away after a long, difficult illness. That's normal. After a death, you might even feel guilty for not even doing something to prevent the death. 
or even if there was nothing more you could do or how it could have done. doesn't matter. You have that guilt. That's a common one. Anger. Anger is a number one. Another one. Even though the loss is nobody's fault, you may feel angry and very resentful. If you lost a loved one, you may be angry with yourself, God, the doctors, or even the person who died for abandoning you. You may feel the need to blame someone for the injustice that has been done to you. Normal feeling. Emotional. Emotional roller coaster. Because anger can take you up happy, then you're angry. I get this one. Uh, fear. A significant loss can trigger a host of worries and fears. You may feel anxious, helpless, and insecure. You may even have panic attacks. The death of a loved one can trigger fears of your own mortality of facing without that person. Facing a life without that person or responsibilities you now face alone. So that's some of the emotional ones. Now I'm going to get into the the physical symptoms of grief. So we're going to get into the physical ones and we're going to talk about... We often think of grief as an emotional process, but oftentimes it involves... physical component and the physical component can include a lot of variations a lot of the physical ones can you know you can have weakness sleeping disturbances loss of appetite or overeating headaches back pains indigestion shortness of breath heart palpitations occasional dizziness and nausea you know, a lot of the people have trouble sleeping. Those are the more of the physical ones. And then those are the ones you have to be careful about because it affects your health. So when you get into the physical aspect of it, you have to make sure that you're okay and make sure that, you know, that you don't... Make sure that you eat and take care of yourself. Because when you feed your body, you know, your body's healthy. produces a lot of good vibes, you know what I'm saying? So when we're going to get into the difference between grief and depression, now there's a difference. Because distinguishing between grief and clinical depression isn't always easy because a lot of the symptoms that grief and depression have are, are similar. But there are ways to tell the difference. Remember, grief can be that roller coaster up and down. You're happy, you're sad, you're upset, you're angry, you're disbelief. So there are a lot of different emotions riding up and down. That's normal. It involves a wide variety of emotions mixed with good and bad days. That's the roller coaster. Even in the middle of the process, you'll still have moments of pleasure and happiness. So with grief, that's what it's talking about, the roller coaster effect. With depression, on the other hand, the feelings of emptiness and despair are constant around quite a bit. So other symptoms that suggest depression, not just grief, include intense, persuasive sense of guilt, thoughts of suicide or preoccupation with dying, feelings of hopelessness or worthlessness. There is slow speech and slow body movements, inability to function at home, work, or even at school. Seeing or hearing things that aren't there. So, I mean, you got to watch out for this. 
make sure that if you do have these symptoms, to make sure that you get yourself checked out. It's important to look after your mind, body, and soul. They're all connected. So look after your physical health and your, your emotional health. And you'll be able to cope with your emotional grief combat this you know the stress and the fatigue and all that by getting enough sleep eating and exercise and make sure you know you don't try to numb your pain with drugs and alcohol because you're just prolonging the uh, the inevitable of dealing with it you have to deal with it as, as painful as it is you need to deal with this grief is not something that you can just you know I'll do I'll deal with it tomorrow it's an ongoing thing now it comes to my next one where I'm going to talk about complicated grief the sadness of someone you love never goes away completely. It should, but it shouldn't remain the center stage. If the pain of the loss is so consistent and severe that it keeps you from resuming your life, you may be suffering from a condition called complicated grief. Complicated grief is like being struck with an intense state of mourning. You have trouble accepting the long, the death long after it's occurred or preoccupied with a person who died and it disrupts your daily routine your life and undermines your other relationships in your life so you have to be careful of this one symptoms of complicated grief include intense long longing or yearning for your deceased loved one intrusive thoughts or images of your loved one denial of death sense of disbelief Image, image, imagining that your loved one is still alive, searching for your de deceased loved one in familiar places. Uh, these, these are really complicated ones, and you got to be careful of that, because grief is something that you know you have to take care of yourself. You have to look for uh, different things, and you have to, you know, work through it. You're gonna have different emotions. There's a lot of different emotions when grief comes apart. Uh, with my dad, it was, uh, it was, it was not easy but here's the thing with my grief uh, when I talk about my grief I think my grief started about 25 years ago when my dad had a major heart attack a massive one didn't think he was going to live he had all these connected tubes and stuff I looked at him and I grieved a lot I was very upset I cried I thought he was going to pass away I really did there's no question in my mind then he just got better and eventually he got better then approximately two three years ago he had a mini stroke so here it was again but it wasn't as bad because he wasn't hooked up to all the tubes but being supportive and understanding it is two different things so when I get into my grief I tell you know I look I looked at a lot of different things and I come to rec recognize a lot of different things well, my grief I did have grief I, I was upset I was sad but I wasn't as sad as I was 25 years 25 years ago my father was in his 50s. My father passed away three months ago, by the way, just to let you know. So when it comes down to my father, I looked at my last 25 years. I look at it as a blessing because he was around with me for an extra 25 years. It helped me get through the grieving process. I'm still going through it. There's no question. There's times where I want to call my father and he's not there. Or I expect him to call a certain time. And those thoughts are still in my head, but that's that's okay. Um... <clears throat> I still feel him with me. I feel him every day because he's impacted my life a lot as a person. I look at him. I look at him as my role model. My uh, 
my rock and my stone when I grew up. When I was younger, I didn't see that. But as I got older, our relationship became a lot more closer than I anticipated. I never anticipated my father and I getting as close as we did. Um, I'm a lot younger than my brother, six and seven years older. They are six and seven years older than me. So my relationship with dad is on a different spectrum. Uh, he really, really, uh, really treated my my children very well. Um, after his hair attack, I think he had a new perspective in life, which kind of, his wisdom shone, shone through and a lot of different things happened for me, like just different advice and different things and, you know, to, to never give up and keep working hard. And, you know, look at the ethics and morals that I instilled in you and work with them and pass them on to your kids. My dad was a superhuman being. Everybody liked him. Um, he's going to be sadly missed by a lot of people, including my mom. But when it really comes down to it, he's gone. But his memory will never be gone. His memory is always going to be there. I have so many pictures. I have uh, Facebook pictures and uh, memories of going to Disney. So that's what keeps me, his memory alive, keeps him alive in my heart. Because I think of the things that made me happy when I was around him. Don't think that he's, you know, he passed away and it was sudden and hit me hard. But that's not what I'm taking out of this. I'm taking my soul and my mind and putting it into a good, good, positive way to heal myself and, and look at all the different things and look at the pictures and uh, you know we had a memorial video and it was very sad but went through his whole life and his family and our family and his grandkids and different things so it was really nice we had a memorial so it was nice nice to see him in that fashion so it was nice to see him on a positive note not worrying about we celebrated his life and we celebrated the good things and it was amazing the turnout amount of people that did come out it was it was almost chilling people I haven't seen in years uh, friends and family uh, friends that I didn't even know dad my father had so it, it was it was a good closure um, is you know but my, I mean my grief's not gonna go away but it's gonna lessen and lessen you know three months ago I might not be doing this podcast but through my grief, I've come to the conclusion that expressing myself and breaking my silence with mental health issues, with grieving, and different things in my life to help other people is a purpose, a sense of purpose, a sense of purpose for everyone. So when I, when I talk about grieving, when I talk about the memories, memories are great. Keep them positive. That's what's going to get you through the dark days that you're going to miss your, your loved one or your pet or whatever loss that you have. You have to think about the good memories. Think about, you know, the good things that have happened in life. So, in conclusion with all this, grief is a, is a normal process. And you have to remember that you have to get through the different things. You can't go from A to Z. You have to go through the ABCs. You have to take your time. And, you know, I, I did talk about, you get, I guess, in essence, you have to think about what you need to do to get through it. You may need family support, the stories. That helped me. It may help you. But in conclusion, if you're still having like severe uh, clinical depression or complicated grief, just make sure that you contact a grief counselor or a professional therapist. 
if you feel like life's not worth living or you wish you had died with your loved one. Blame yourself for loss or failing to prevent it. Feeling numb and disconnected from others for more than a few weeks or having difficulty trusting others since the loss or you're unable to normal to perform normal daily activities like going to work, school, whatever. Make sure you take care of yourself out there, folks. Grieving is not an easy thing. It's a long process. can be short. The timetable is not set for this. In conclusion, people, just make sure you take care of yourself, your health, your emotional needs. This is Chat Club. I'm Alan Hilton, and I thank you for listening to Chat Club. Until next time.